Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants, all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Dom and Karen. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> How are you today, Karen? Um, I'm doing well. Yeah. I actually feel very um, energized, mm-hmm. as you can tell. I know. I was going to say you're in high spirits. <laughs> or yes. have you been taking spirits, <laughs> aka tequila? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that too, of course. But no, I actually am happy with, um, you know, the days that are like, you know, the current days in this new year. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of cleaning in the last weeks of 2017. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm just kind of like a fresh start. I don't mm-hmm. want to sound so cheesy about it. Mm-hmm. But I just, I clean my closet. Mm-hmm. I clean my room. Mm-hmm. And I hope it stays really nice and organized. Isn't it like funny how like these like things we never really wanted to do when we we're children and like really adult things and I they're like know. really minuscule too like cleaning is yes. not a huge deal but like once we do it it's like one of the things that should be like awarded yeah you know what should. I mean like should be like an Oscars for cleaning for real such a relief <sighs> and it's an achievement I would have gotten that Oscar okay because <laughs> I took out like four bags from my closet of useless things that were just taking up space. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so happy with how everything is turning out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, that sounds is, awesome. That is me right now. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, lately, like in the past last months from like 2017, I just felt like my room was a mess. Right. You know, we all have that chair. Yeah. Where it's just, it's not even used for sitting anymore because we have so much shit on it, basically. Right. So finally, I'm able to sit on my chair. Finally. <laughs> yeah. So I hope it stays that way because I really need a chair to sit on besides yeah. my bed. <laughs> um, what I, about you? I am the opposite of you. Um, I have been probably doing more of an internal cleanse. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I um, am not to sound cheesy. I'm going to the gym because everyone goes to the gym like at the start of the new year. But I have been really, really consistent at it, which is that is new for me. I'll always start really strong and like have to restart by next Monday. <laughs> but it's been a good good consistent like since the tail end of 2017 into 2018 um and this could be another podcast episode but one of the reasons why I have been really um uh conscious about going to the gym and particularly running is because I am signing up for the National Alliance for Mental Illness um and their 5k walk run in June because I am a huge um, proponent for therapy, especially therapy for people of color. Yes. So that's, like, one of the things that I'm really working on. And it's been, like, kind of how you feel. Like, I don't like doing it at the at the moment. So, like, don't even think I'm one of these, like, gym freaks. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I live there and I close the gym out. I mean, I go to 24-hour fitness, so it's impossible for me to close the gym out. <laughs> But um, I I hate it. I really, I don't like it. It does get easier every day, but I am of the philosophy, uh, like the person who's just like, I if I can exert as 
least amount of energy I will. So, like, I don't like going to the gym, but afterwards I feel very elated and um, and obviously those endorphins. And and especially once you get to the gym, you are just so pumped. (laughs) You guys, I have worked out with her and she just... I don't know where she gets this energy from, where I'm just, like, there dying on the bicycle. And meanwhile, it's like, woohoo, 10 more minutes, woohoo. And I'm just like, okay, my legs can't go on anymore. I want to get off. And, yeah. You see, okay, so I go to the gym, like, when I go with people, I'm very medium speed. So. (laughs) Okay, if that's medium speed. I know. When you're like, wait, what, like, what is this, like, boot camp? I'm like, (laughs) no. I mean, I'm only doing 10 minutes as opposed to 20 minutes on the bike. And you're like, is this a joke? (laughs) And then, guys, no lie. So I do not really like running, but, like. Since I'm training, I'm running. And like Karen says, when I actually do get to the gym, it's like, okay, I can I can do this. Um, so I'm like on the treadmill and I'm at like, what, seven incline and I'm running and I'm like, yeah, we're doing cardio. And Karen is on the treadmill like uh, lazily walking it's like a she's stroll. yeah stroll like she's in central park at strawberry fields i'm like out here sweating my weave off everyone for everyone to see and i'm like okay i thought i had a partner in this cuz i like I'm sweaty and I'm gross and I'm out here and i'm like but my girl she's right next to me and that's all that matters nope nope <laughs> nope I was looking a huge fool. And that was medium speed. That was medium speed. You are the one that makes me look like a fool because you're actually (laughs) doing what people are supposed to be doing at the gym. Meanwhile, I'm just like here walking, you know, like whatever. You treat the gym like a spa. It's true. Um, I do. This luxury pants over here. Goes to a pretty nice gym. It's all because of work, okay? If, if it wasn't because of work, I would not go into that gym, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather eat than go to that fancy gym. Mm-hmm. Sure. Anyways. <laughs> so, foam roll. If any of you guys who, like, follow fitness on Instagram, that's, like, the huge thing. And it's actually very, like, I don't know, relaxing to do. <sighs> it's so relaxing. It's just... It, it, it like gets into all my muscles, especially mm-hmm. because you know we have a job where we sit the majority of time, mm-hmm. and so when I get there, it's just I love it. Like it's it's like a good pain because it gets into my muscles, mm-hmm. and I just love it, and I want to do that for like the next hour. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, which she does. No, not I don't. No, not even. But you know, <laughs> she'll do like she'll foam roll for an hour, and then be like, oh, I feel so loose and relaxed. I'm gonna go to the sa- uh, the sauna. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, go to the sauna. Like what? And then and then like she'll yeah she'll go to the jacuzzi and then like she'll have like a big fluffy white robe. She'll have cucumbers on her eyes. Stop it! People are gonna think that I'm like a Richie cat or something. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a minute! I'm doing all these leg exercises. Where's she? What gym are we at right now? So Karen goes into the gym. She doesn't do like gym. Sometimes that's what I do. Like if I've had a long day at work, I'm just like. Okay, I'm going to go to the gym. But once I get there, it's like, 
No, I'm not going to get on that Stairmaster. <laughs> so I'm just going to foam roll. I'm going to go to the steam room and then some jacuzzi. And then I'm very nice and relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I, you know, I think that's a good hack instead of going to an actual spa. So it, it is. I might as well you. take advantage of it mm-hmm. because it's part of the package. So yeah. I got to take advantage of it. Right. But, uh, you know, on, on a regular basis, when I do have energy, I do my Stairmaster, which I love. And I am I obsessed with it. So it's the Stairmaster, lots of leg workouts and booty workouts, of course. <laughs> As you know, I have like zero upper body strength. And she refuses to work on it. <laughs> Not even like, oh, I that's one of my goals. No, it's like I have zero upper body strength and that's it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's it. I'm not even going to bother with it. It only stops at the admission. <laughs> She's like, I know I don't have it and done. <laughs> Case closed. Uh, but I'm actually doing, incorporating like more arm workouts, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it's it's like I'm, I'm slowly working my way towards mm-hmm. that. But every day that I, if I go like at least like three times a week or whatever, leg workouts are a must. Mm-hmm. Okay. And foam roll. Mm-hmm. Those are my two things. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have a full podcast from the sauna, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably fall asleep halfway through yeah. it because it's so relaxing. But, you know, it's great that there's, like, um, we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Because yeah. there's a spectrum of how to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different. Um, whatever you find is best for you, just, like, keep at it. Um, but to go back to your original um, question, yeah, that's kind of where I have been at. Um, it's just focusing more on health and fitness and wellness. Sleeping a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I do have that chair, which has all my, like, workout stuff. So I need to start getting on your flow and kind of eradicating nonsense stuff from my room. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of where I am. Where I am where awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're on the right track yeah. to just staying healthy because mm-hmm. that is the most important thing. Yeah, and health is wealth. Yeah. Well, I guess we can move forward to our next segment. Right. Yeah, so contrary to what you guys may think with the (laughs) intro, (laughs) this is not a health and wellness um, focused episode. Not today. Not today. Um, Today, actually, I really think it's important that we... Um, discuss representation in media. That's like one of like the through lines that I'll always be in like my entire life, um, which is representation in media. Um, but like specifically, I really found that 2017, with all its faults, have gone much further in presenting narratives that normally would not have been shown on mm-hmm. like television particularly and I think that is something to really know and like to discuss kind of like where we want want to see more things happening in this new year um yeah Yeah, definitely a lot of uh people of color representation and Mm -hmm. I just I I love it all these new shows that I've been watching are great so let's get on to like some of our favorites yeah um so bit of background I have been a, like TV junkie I guess like yeah. 
since as long as I can remember. Since forever. Yeah. And I more recently have been incorporating um, narrative storytelling and working in television and film as part of my career. But I know when I met Karen, one of the things that I would just like always talk about is TV. (laughs) And I don't know if you were really that into television. I think I kind of like... As, like, the same way with podcasts, yes. I kind of just, like, converted Yes, you. you did. Actually, I was not, like, I never binge-watched anything. Mm-hmm. And the only TV that I would watch would be, like, novellas with my mom, mm-hmm. obviously, during dinner. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, like, some documentaries, but it was all on TV. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, okay, I turn it on, they're showing it, and I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. But it was never, like, oh, I need to watch this new series that's going on. Or, like, oh, no, new episodes are coming out. Like, mm-hmm. no, I was not about that life. Oh, so you actually had a life before I took it from you. <laughs> yes, actually... I did. You seemed like you were an active, happy, healthy person. I was, And then I was like, no, there's this thing called Netflix. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it's true. And I think, like, the first show that I started watching on Netflix was Mm -hmm. How I Met Your Mother. Mm -hmm. And it was because of you, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, blame Dom for me. Like, especially now in the winter, it's like when I actually take advantage and just binge watch TV, mm-hmm. which before it wasn't like that. Mm-mm. I forgot what I did back then. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm not sorry. Um, but now we're always talking about always. new shows and the drama right. and everything. Yeah. Um, I would say. Well, so I got you into television, but it was you who actually got me into one of the shows that we would really like to, like, put a spotlight on is um, Jane the Virgin. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Here's, like, my Genesis story. (laughs) And I absolutely love Gina Rodriguez. So if she's, like, listening, I hope she doesn't think I'm, like, really elitist or bitchy or anything like that. But I remember seeing the full, like, ad on 41st Street, like, right near Penn Station. Not Penn Station, sorry. Um, Port Authority. Um, and I remember seeing the title. I was like, Jane the Virgin. Like, what? This is so stupid. <laughs> I, like, the title for me is, like, mm-mm. This, like, what is the premise of this? This is, like, not going to be a sustainable narrative. And, like, No. So that was like the end of it. I saw it and I was like, that's not happening. I'm not watching that. And then um, Karen and I worked together. Um, and Karen and two other colleagues of ours were oh, like yes. discussing like all of these details about Jane the Virgin. I was like, what? Is it really that good? Oh, and then no. I had like two other friends, like unrelated, just discuss Jane the Virgin or like ask me if I'm watching it because he needs someone to like talk to about it because I, I am that person. Mm-hmm. I watch so many, so much content that like people are like, we just like sound off together. Um, and I was like, okay, fi- finally it's time to like get out of that whole like, I hate the title um, <laughs> kind of uh, zone. So I actually took a plunge and started watching it and Oh my goodness. It is very, very good. Yeah. Um, But I think um, one of the reasons why I got into it so quickly is obviously when I saw the title of Jane the Virgin, 
I quickly thought about like, okay, this is probably going to be a show about this girl either like trying to lose her virginity or, you know, just like the traditional like, you know, things that we're brought up with based on virginity and that whole aspect. But then once I started watching it, I realized that it has a lot of uh, components from a telenovela, which I think I had mentioned this to you before, and which I thought was kind of a uh, funny the way that they that they added these components mm-hmm. but also I feel like because a lot of us grew up with novelas and now of course we watch other series as well but that don't follow that same <coughs> I guess like uh, that same narrative as a novella it's just like kind of like combining both to hit like this new audience or like this new demographic Yeah, um, I think it's kind of brilliant on their part to be very meta in terms of how they approach um, the telenovela structure. Like they know they're. It's almost like not um, poking fun, but it is very like an awareness of how (laughs) ridiculous, like the novella structure can be but also very authentically presenting like the narrative Mm -hmm. in that way so it's not like cheesy or corny at all and it honestly opened my eyes as someone who did not grow up watching novellas um and is an english speaker to like this whole other realm of like latin american media yeah Mm mm-hmm so I thought it was, I thought that was kind of brilliant. Yeah, me too. I, I thought that was like a really uh, good aspect to add. And then also just in general, I feel like for me, the show was kind of like very relatable mm-hmm. just because it, it touches on a lot of aspects that are relatable to like my current life and just like a lot of family dynamics, yeah. especially because of the grandma. Um, so it just really felt close to home mm-hmm. and I loved how the grandma always speaks Spanish and everyone else speaks English to her. And then I kind of like secretly loved the fact that I didn't have to read the subtitles to understand what the grandma was saying. It's <laughs> <laughs> always a bonus. Yeah. So, um, I think that's one of the reasons why I was so quickly grabbed by the show. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that they touch on a lot of, like, traditional aspects, especially the ones that have to deal with virginity Mm -hmm. and how just, like, um, the family approaches that topic. Yeah. um, Yeah, that's one of the things that really, for me, I I was so, like, taken or, like, my breath was taken away. Um, because I was like, wait, like, they're really showing, like, family dynamics, and they're talking about, like, Catholicism. Yes. And, um, very much in a Hispanic Latino context, Mm -hmm. which, like, you do not see. No. Um, in, like, very popular mainstream shows. Like, I remember, I know someone kind of compared, uh, Jane the Virgin to... 
Ugly Betty, which I'm like, maybe it might be a fair comparison, but they really are different. Okay. Um, and, like, I loved Ugly Betty so, so, so much. Well, I never watched Ugly Betty. Mm-hmm. I watched the Spanish version, Betty which La was... Fea. No, actually, there was... that Betty La Fea was on Telemundo. Uh-huh. And then I watched the version that Univision did, or I guess, like, Televisa did, but mm-hmm. aired on Univision, which mm-hmm. was La Fea Más Bella. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not really sure, like, how different all three of them are. Mm-hmm. I honestly fell in love with La Feo Mas Bella. Uh-huh. And I haven't watched the other two, mm-hmm. so I don't really know, like... Um, I, like, watched one episode of Betty La Fea in Spanish class. And oh, then, you did? Yes. Um, and then I watched the American English-speaking version, version <laughs> of... Um, Ugly Betty, which I absolutely adored that show. Um, I think there are like a little bit of aspects that are similar, but it's not it's not oh. similar to Jane the Virgin. Okay. And I feel like one of the things that like really like stood out to me is how um, they discuss religion in yeah. you know Latin American yeah. families, which is huge. It. Uh- it is it's so huge. huge. And I come from a very conservative Christian background from the Caribbean and it's not too dissimilar from Latin American Catholicism. So to see that and like the whole thing about purity, morality and virginity, I'm like, okay, yes, I also can yeah. relate to this and they very much tackle it in the way that, like, I went to Catholic school. So I was like, mm-hmm, yep, this is accurate. This is accurate. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. As well as when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, this sounds exactly like what my mom told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just, it was very nice seeing it on TV and just other people that are not Hispanic, Latino mm-hmm. to understand where we're coming from and just yeah. to understand how... How much of importance the family puts on that certain aspect of your life, especially when, like, you know, little girls go to become senoritas or, like, young ladies, and they get, like, their period, and they... Well, that's when I got that chat Mm -hmm. about the birds and the bees. Yeah, me too. Okay, so um, I think, like, it probably differs for, like, people from other culture, but it was really good to see it on TV and have that aspect of it be... Very important, I think, part of the role in that show. Yeah, absolutely. I do think, and this is probably just because personally I'm not um, I'm not tied to this or like have a religious affiliation, I guess. There is a bit of, um, in the beginning, just like a little bit of a, I guess, a romantic, romanticization. I'm not saying that word right. But it's a little bit romanticized, like, okay. Jane's view on religion. Like, Jane very much holds dear these, like, values. values. And yes. a lot of her life is shaped by it. And yeah. then watch the show, though. Watch the show because then you'll see, like, the character growth and, like, her own... Um, just her own views on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like she um she has her own, like, I guess, little revolution. Yes. And, like, shapes her own views outside of her Catholic mm-hmm. upbringing, which I think is something that is very important to show. Yeah, it is. On television. <laughs> because um, I feel like a lot of us are kind of, like, uh, 
you know, going through that as well, where yeah. we come from very traditional families. And the fact that we're growing up here in the U.S., mm-hmm. it just kind of changes our perspective on a lot of these values, mm-hmm. which not to say that they're not important at right. all, but it's just that now we've formed our own opinion Absolutely. and we just kind of like, I guess we tweak certain things, <laughs> if we, I, for like a better word. Yeah, so I feel like... There are coming of age, and then there's, like, coming of age when you're in a certain culture. Yeah. These are, like, rites of passage. Mm -hmm. And I think um, this is a rite of passage that that is very, very unique to being children of immigrants. Yes. Um, And one of them is religion. And like you said, there's just, like, a moment where we kind of go into this transition where like either we just like hold hold fast to these values that our parents kind of basically indoctrinate into us or we like question that we question the world around us and we all do it in the context of you know being a woman and being latina Mm -hmm. caribbean um and these are like Things that I see in Jane the Virgin that is also mirrored in my own life. And, like, that is so, so important to see, like, like these kind of of coming-of-age rites of passage stories. um, Because a lot of the times you feel like you're alone. Mm -hmm. Like, you really feel like alone. Like, I remember, I'm an only child. um, And I remember, like, kind of questioning some of the things that I would see in the Bible. Because the Bible, let's not lie, it's a little bit contradictory. Um, And I remember, like, this is in a pretty young age where I was, like, eight or nine. I was, like, kind of noticing some, like, inconsistencies in, like, you know, the rule of law and the logic. And I remember thinking, like, am I alone in thinking this? And, like, cut to now, watching, like, Jane kind of have these experiences like her whole life is pretty much shaped by Catholicism but then she like goes through tons of things that go (laughs) that go that happen in her life and she kind of has that conversion yeah lack of a better Mm -hmm. word and I'm like oh wow it's not just me and like it isn't just very like something that happens within my family or just like in within my culture or just like my small community like there many other many people other people yeah who are going through this yeah i think like so comforting the same thing sort of happened to me like i'm not an only child but my brother does kind of follow more of like the traditional route mm-hmm. and he doesn't i feel like he doesn't really question certain aspects of you know the catholic religion mm-hmm. the way that i do mm-hmm. and so for a lot of the time i thought it was like well maybe this is just me because i'm a rebellious person yeah. like by nature that's just <laughs> me <laughs> but then i realized that it's like no i'm growing up i'm becoming an adult and it's okay to have have thoughts of my own and kind of like just form my own opinions and see what actually works for me and of course not forgetting about the values that my family you know brought me up with Mm -hmm. but you know it's just it's it's valid to have your own uh opinions about religion shape your own yeah exactly yeah yeah um yeah, so that's one of the things that like stood out to me why Jane the Virgin is like such a such a very great um representation in media and what it's like in its third season now. Um yeah. 
Yeah, third season. And I believe I mean, in its either first or second season, it won a Golden Globe. And I was like, wow. Yeah. So, like, audiences are really yes. responding to this. Critics mm-hmm. are really responding to this. Um, and, you know, that, for me, it was, like, it was very comforting, like yeah. I said before. And, like, we are making really good headway we're not there yet by any stretch of the means we're really not there yet um there's just like a very even now um just like a startling lack of diversity in like actual writers rooms um which kind of like brings me to another show um because I know <laughs> I follow them obsessively, <laughs> not in person, but just like um, on, on social, social media. media, that most of their writers are um, black. And the show is, if you haven't already guessed what I'm talking about, is Insecure. And the show that like me and Karen are kind of really, yes, really, really Yeah, I think into. like every single week we would... Uh, kind of like just wait until one or the other watch the new episode and then go into a deep discussion we about it. full breakdown. Yes. I'm pretty sure <laughs> if we like set up a, the podcast then, it would just be like the insecure after Yeah, show. it would be for yeah. real because that's all we did. We would, we would just text each other and it's like, did you watch the latest episode? Mm-hmm. And then it would be like, no, not there yet, whatever. Then we would just wait mm-hmm. and then until we both watched it, then it would be like, what did you think about this? Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. And Issa this and da, da, da. So it's just kind of like our routine. It became yeah. a routine to just yeah. watch it. Yeah. Um, I want to say the reason why I think it's like the breakout show of 2017 and critics would agree. Um, They better. Yeah, exactly. Um, The critics in my mind all agree. (laughs) Is that it's just so refreshing to see these black millennials in their late 20s, early 30s. So they're older having these very, very, like, millennial problems, essentially, Mm -hmm. and, like, kind of coming of age in their own right, as I discussed with um, Jane the Virgin, and, like, they're going through these, like, life changes, and it's still very much, like, a cultural show. It's not, like, oh, they're black and we don't discuss it, but it's, like, in the context of being, you know black and living in this society and having to live up to not only like societal pressures that are cultural but like societal pressures that is in the context and the mainframe of living in a white society yes you know what i'm saying so there's like a double bind there and i'm like this is amazing the way that isa has tackled it and really brilliant it's not like hammering on the head by like oh we are black and here are issues no and it was not at all it's nothing like that it's like very much like they're going through what everyone yeah (laughs) i guess our generation are are going through yeah um we're a little older so (laughs) not like the younger millennials who are like in their early 20s but um so when i say we're all going through. I am really speaking to like the older <laughs> millennial generation. Um, so yeah, like they're going through these issues and there's that intersection of like, they're also black and East is also a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 
it's so refreshing to see how messy <laughs> yeah one of the things there is like how messy you can be because a lot of oh, the I know I would speak from personal experience that um and I think Karen might have mentioned it um being a child of immigrants like you really have to yes, work hard like that do. is like the what your parents instill in you whether you take it or not is kind of like on you yeah um, but, like, I know in the community, like, it's instilled in you that you work hard. It's, like, you know, for all my Haitian listeners out there, it's la caille, l'église, l'école, which means home, church, and school. And ah. that is it. The three L's. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was it. And then you worked hard. There was no real days off. You know, you go to school. For, right. I, I went to Catholic school, mind you. So I went to oh Catholic God. school for five days, Mm-mm. then maybe a rest on Saturday, and then more God <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> there was like no breaking that up. Um, and you you have to really strive. And there's no real like, can I just like have a moment where like I just for like myself for I myself guess. or like where I feel like I'm overwhelmed or like I just like don't want to do this people and, need a break everyone at some point yeah and like seeing for me seeing Lawrence and I know people are gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like team Lawrence or team oh, oh, Isa or like the other guy that she oh I don't want to forget the other guy yeah I don't want to spoil anything but okay I yeah know whoever's listening is probably like there's gonna be team Lawrence and then not team Lawrence and not team Lawrence will probably be really mad at me right now <laughs> Um, but yeah, seeing like Lawrence who had such, who has a bright future, really struggle with, um, insecurity, um, you know, low self-confidence and a little, like a touch of depression. Like that was for me, hit me hard because I'm like, that happens. Like there, there, he's like burnt out because he like, there's this pressure for him to like succeed and he's like I want to be independent and have like my own business and like work really hard towards these goals and like it took him so long to like find himself yes and he's like checking all these things off like so for me to see him like kind of just like falter I'm like wow like that that is a thing you know what I mean but like I you don't see that all you see is like growing up like you have to do all these things because don't you see your cousin the doctor of don't course. you see your cousin yes. you know the lawyer i hated that you know there's like no there's no real insight into like where you go from point a to point mm-hmm. b and it, a lot of the times it's super messy it's not it linear and but i feel like sorry i have to cut you off oh no 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 go ahead i'm just saying like i also grew up yes i grew up in a very immigrant like my entire block was immigrant, but for the most part, where I grew up is like 85% white, and I went to a predominantly white school, and I've always seen that as like, a like not a pattern, but like parallel narratives where like white kids, you know, they can be rowdy and like yeah. have parties at home, and that's the narrative, like get drunk, go to summer camp, and then like kids of color, you know, do your homework. study like you don't go around in these streets acting (laughs) like a hooligan but then like you know 
these white students are able to like really like their summer stories were out of this world when I would come back in September. Well, you see, for me, it was a little bit different just Mm -hmm. because I went to a public school. Mm -hmm. Most of the kids that went to that school as well were they came from like immigrant families or, you know, and then our summer basically just revolved around, you know, probably going to the beach and seeing each other around the street, you know, during the summertime and probably playing together at the same park because we all lived in that neighborhood. So I think like in that aspect, I never had that issue of saying like, okay, why is this little kid going to Disneyland while I'm stuck in the Bronx the whole summer? I never had that issue and I'm really thankful for Mm -hmm. that because I think like even though my parents would have wanted to take me to Disneyland, like there was just no budget for it like it's just like we eat we pay the bills and there's some money for clothes and that is it like no extravagant vacations or anything like that so I did not have an issue with that what I I'm sorry I was more speaking in terms like white children are afforded like opportunities to mess up like not like oh they had this wild summer because like they went to the beach you know like a lot of them were like having raves in their basement and like (laughs) the police was getting called and it was like oh that's but you know they're just being teenagers oh versus okay you know like I couldn't like I couldn't even have that thought in my head to throw a party in my house right when my parents weren't around because my even my parents would like smack me for even thinking that (laughs) that's more along the lines where I'm thinking um in terms of like you know with insecure like you can be messy Mm -hmm. like and you can there are absolutely all these opportunities for you to fail and not be like you know disappointing yeah um the society essentially yeah um but yes that's also a really good point like you know um the disparity between not having and having Having. yeah yeah exactly (laughs) But then I think, like, um, the show in general, what I really found great about it, and uh, it was one of the aspects that I loved the most, was in terms of relationships. Mm -hmm. Just that whole dynamic Mm -hmm. between Issa and Lawrence, and then as well as Molly, and, you know, all the characters that were basically in a relationship, and just how they juggled between work and their personal goals and just in general relationships because I'm a big person um not that I'm big on relationships but I'm more of like the type that it's like okay let's just clear up everything up front so that everyone knows what they're expecting and there is no messiness um afterwards versus I felt like like that I know I know (laughs) but I feel like the show shows both aspects of that Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of the things that Issa kind of like went through are relatable for a lot of you know just like millennials and absolutely yeah it was just good seeing it on the screen and kind of like also taking a step back and realizing like, oh, that probably happened to me. And now that I see it on screen, Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe I could have taken better decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, just, uh, yeah. A lot of Issa's actions (laughs) on that show are like, okay, girl, you messed it up. Mm -hmm. So, 
I know with Molly, she's someone who, ah, when right. I think about, like, oh, you, like, she's the person who's, like, you should be doing A, B, C, and D, but then also does, like, opposite mm-hmm. of what she says she should for herself. I'm, like, interested in knowing, like, kind of, like, do you see, like, a parallel or, like, what that representation means for you? Molly's situation? Yeah, definitely not a parallel in your relationships because no. I know you and I, <laughs> I know you're not a Molly. <laughs> um, I feel when I started watching it, um, you know, it kind of like obviously takes you a few episodes to kind of like figure out each character, right? Mm-hmm. But once I started to get Mo- once I started to get to know Molly a little bit better, I realized that. Yeah, like you said, she wants one thing, but then does the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of has, like, her parents as, like, this figure, like, kind of like what she strives to be in the future. Mm -hmm. But then she did it, she wasn't aware of everything that happened along the way and how, you know, what her parents basically went through. And I feel like she has this false expectation yeah. of what a relationship should be. Oh, that's a good one. All because she goes off based on what she sees in her parents. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't live with her parents, so it's not like she sees them argue or, you know, just, like, every relationship has its, like, own, like, uh, issues. issues. Yeah, so she doesn't see that. And I feel like that's why she has set up this false expectation of what she wants in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And she gets too clingy. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there are some episodes in there where it's like, girl, you have to give that guy some space. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm not defending men, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, uh, yeah, just uh, understanding kind of like boundaries mm-hmm. and realizing that, you know, not because you have seen this guy for like two or three times mean that he is going to sleep over or... Propose. <laughs> propose, exactly. <laughs> like, that's not how it works. And yeah. I feel... It's not. It's not. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes she sets up herself for disappointment. Right. Yeah, because she doesn't, she's she's not fully aware of what either this guy wants or because she just kind of like, in her head, she's like, okay, I found this guy and if I just stick with this guy, it will work out. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like my take on this whole relationship situation with Molly. Yeah, that's a good take. Um, yeah, I... I feel like going back to our conversation about, you know, growing up religious, um, having, like we brought up a really good point of having a false expectation or like using a narrative to guide you. I feel like Mm -hmm. um, that's also something we do see in Insecure. Yes. And that is something that's placed on us. Um, Yeah. And like you see that it's placed on Molly. Um, it's very different for Issa, but Issa also has her set of expectations that's placed on her. And Issa's very, like, it's unique because Issa works in a company where her blackness is, like, what is used yes. as, like, um, I guess a point of strength. Yeah. Um, so, like, her, it's very, like, her blackness is very visible. Um... And where she works and, like, the kind, the type of work that she does. And so there's, like, that also where she <laughs> navigates essentially yeah. being a black woman 
in a workplace. And then Molly navigates being a black woman, an ambitious black woman in a corporate workspace. Uh. And then also a black single yeah. woman. <laughs> um, and trying. successful. Because yeah. she is. Girl, she is very successful. And yeah. yeah. And it's true. Actually, yeah. Now that you brought that up, it's just like being a successful woman of color mm-hmm. and trying to date. Yeah. It's and and yes because I it's not like Sex in the City. You know what I mean? No, it's, not at it's all. It's so different. It, Even though it's like dating and sex and fun, it's different. Yeah. And it's like something that like okay, so I grew up. I was obsessed with Sex in the City. I literally, I was like, that's my life. I'm gonna be Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> oh, and no. I'm like, I'm out here watching this. Carrie's like, damn, I'm Molly. <laughs> you see, when I watched Sex in the City, it was. At way after, like, this, the whole series was done. Right. And then I realized, I was like, I mean, these are all white women. Mm-hmm. I love the show, mm-hmm. but in no way can I relate to it. Mm-hmm. So now that I see Molly, I'm like, yes, girl, a lot of the struggles that you are going mm-hmm. through with dating, that's what, like, I've been through as well. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, and I think, like, a lot of the things for me, it's just, like, having to explain what I do for a living (laughs) and then um, trying to find someone that is okay. I'm not going to say that I'm like super successful and that I run my own business and whatever, but I feel like a lot of the times the Latino men are used to like a certain type of woman. Dime. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like a woman that's like, uh, yeah, I'll cook and clean and take care of the kids. Meanwhile, I'm here like, yes. And I do this on my weekends and I freelance and da da da. And I do this during the, the, the weekday and whatever, you know, like I'm, I'm setting up goals for myself. And I feel like a lot of the men are just, they don't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And then they're just like, okay, bye. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I feel like at a certain point they think, or they feel that I am more either successful or a higher achiever than they probably would go for. Yeah, would go for. Exactly. So then it's like, okay, well, um, I guess I'll be single for the rest of my life. (laughs) And that's kind of something that's like a through line in the, like in the show. Um, yeah, guys, just really, if you have not watched Insecure, watch it. It's, watch it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That show, I could relate to so many things. And we could do, like, a three-hour podcast yeah, about we, every single thing. I mean, we will <laughs> once the new season comes yeah. out. <laughs> I think we're going to dedicate, like, a whole series, I mean, a whole episode yeah. to um, the upcoming season. Yeah. Um, I, what were we talking about again? Well, we were just talking about relationships Relationships, and how they touch that topic. Yeah, so just to go, like, just circle back to our, the thesis of this um, segment is that representation in itself is so powerful. Like, you should have seen Karen's eyes just light (laughs) up when she's talking about Molly and being a woman of color in the workplace. And, like, these are things that I just, like, wanted to talk about. Um, there's There are other shows, for sure, that have, yeah. you know, really done a great job in terms of representation. But these two, I think, have been, for us, really notable right. um, for the reasons that we have talked about for the past 30 minutes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and I'm thinking, like, you know, in 2017, that's great that they have, co- like, have come so far. Far because I think you said it when I just like briefly brought up Sex and the City and it's just like, yeah, I wanted to be like them and you're like, oh yeah, I realized that they were all white mm-hmm. women. 
here's a like weird thing that happens when you grow up black in a sub suburban community. <laughs> you don't notice these things. <laughs> I remember I was like super into friends and oh, I was just like mm. innocently watching friends. I mean, I still like not to say there's something nefarious about friends, but I'm like watching friends and taking it at self like face value essentially. And I remember in undergrad, I was talking about friends with a white friend of mine and she was like I really liked it but I'm like why are you in New York City with no black people and I was like what (laughs) it like dawned on me I'm like what what she huh (laughs) and like that is something that kind of just like this is coloring my own experience like I grew up watching a lot of these like very white yes. centric you shows. You watch the Disney Channel. That's another podcast. <laughs> we're not we're not getting into this. But just so you guys know, okay, she watched the Disney Channel. I'm sorry, I have nothing against it, but oh, I think that you says have, a lot. You have nothing against it, but you have all of the things <laughs> against it. Read this the is, subtext, y'all. This is going to be a different episode <laughs> because I am. A Nick child, and over here, Don is a Disney child. Whatever. But anyway, back to the original point. Right. This is a whole new episode. We're (laughs) not going to get into it. The original point is that, like, these things, like, it's so insidious, essentially, is that I'm just like, oh, wow. And then when you do find something where it's like, that fucking happened in my family, you're like, this is, it's essentially therapy to me. It's like a very good release. And I'm just like, okay, there are other narratives out here that are not being told. That are not being told. Um, And I think going into 2018, um, there needs to be a huge, huge push into really talking about, like, these... Yeah. These narratives that aren't being told because I think we're, you know, the United States is increasingly getting more and more brown and that makes me so happy (laughs) increasingly getting more and more brown and there's whatever they try to do to curtail immigration like there's still going to be children of immigrants like myself um who are strongly tied to the heritage i'm like you know what i really do feel like they talk about the forgotten man in the election i do feel like to an extent, um, in terms of media, there is a ton of forgotten people. Yeah. Um, and that's why we need more representation on screen. hmm Yeah, we definitely need more representation on screen. I, I'm out here for, like, Native American, Asian American, Southeast Asian American, absolutely 100% Haitian American. Yep. And Mexican American. Uh-huh. Just like I want all y'all to come out, show yes. out, um, show your talent. Yeah, I just like these are stories that you know we. It's boundless. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's boundless. We since the dawn of television, <laughs> you know, since like 1948, I guess, or I like that's a little first... bit after the Second World War. Since then. To like now, it's pretty much been dominated. It's time. Yeah, it's our time to just bring those natter- narratives yeah. on screen. And speaking of, you know, series that we found relatable, and I want to highlight one that I recently have been keeping up with. Mm-hmm. 
and it's called Undocu Tales. Mm-hmm. And I first, I think I found out about this one through the podcast Latinos Who Lunch, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, Shout okay, out. yeah. Shout out to them, mm-hmm. and then also because they they put like this show on my radar, and I started watching it, and. Mm-hmm. I have told you so many times, like, you need to watch it. Because as a person who has probably worked longer in restaurants versus my professional career, Mm -hmm. I find it so relatable. Not Mm -hmm. only because of that aspect, because the main character in this show obviously works in a restaurant, but also because of a lot of the issues that he's going through, which I don't want to give it all away because I really think that it's a great series to watch and Everyone should get on it, but it covers on topics like immigration, relationships, and family as well, especially the mom. Oh, shoot. I kind of give it away. But anyway, (laughs) the mom always asking, like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have children? Also, one thing to know is that the character is LGBTQ. Yes. Plus. So that's... Huge. Yes, it is. So I feel like that is a great representation of what is currently going on. And I find it so relatable because a lot of the drama that he has at work, it's like, yes, I went through that and I know exactly how it feels. And, you know, like he is like slowly working his way up at work, but then also having to deal with relationship and the fact that he hasn't come out to his mom yet. And she keeps questioning like, oh, donde esta la novia? Like, where's the girlfriend? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go to my room, which is something that I always do. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely watch it it's it probably it's on its second season and you can find all the um, episodes on youtube Mm -hmm. such as don't wait on it go right now and watch it yeah yeah um which is um not like the thesis of (laughs) the uh what i'm about to say of what we the segment but also do what you can to support independent yes. um, creators of color. That's kind of like we're we're so into Issa right now. But I actually knew of Issa when she was on YouTube, um, doing her thing, and I think that's super important um, to to just like when these things are put on your radar like on DocuTales which I'm a little I should also be watching yes <laughs> but yeah in general I think as us you know women of color um who yes we are creating content mm-hmm. but I think in the meantime while these things are coming into fruition to absolutely support, support people yes who are bringing about yeah. these narratives independent it's creators. true yeah like we and like really call on people to like yeah create you know create and watch everything that is being created by people mm-hmm. of color and just support each other mm-hmm. because that i feel like is one of like the main components and just trying to get everyone to watch all these new shows that are coming out that are being mm-hmm. produced by people of color for mm-hmm. people of color. Mm-hmm. So the more views it gets, I feel like it's way better. And it's definitely a show that um, highlights a lot of struggles that I feel like half of my friends <laughs> probably have gone through it mm-hmm. in one point in their life or something like that. Mm-hmm. So 
Definitely support it, guys. Show it as much love as you can. Share it with friends. Um, follow them on social media as well. I mean, they're based in LA, so of course, if they have events, we can't attend. But, you know, I try to show as much love as I can through social media. And also, if there are other um, series that you guys are enjoying, just let us know, because I, I definitely need to add more to my watch list. And... Even better if it's from people of color. Absolutely. And um, as someone who went to film school herself, I'm yeah. calling out for any of the filmmakers, TV writers, anyone who's out there who's like really like showcasing your own story, speaking your own truth to power, please just like we're on Twitter um, and on Instagram, like hit us up, let us know. Like um, we, like Karen said, we're. All, we, well, all I do is watch television <laughs> and movies so I am gonna like put it on my radar essentially put it on my radar yeah. and I'm all about it um yes. yeah so I guess we can move on to our next segment mm-hmm. which is Bronx Highlights Um, so, okay, so I feel like this is something that, like, most people in the Bronx know, but, like, we were talking about, like, Bronx is a good hidden gem for people to come, but, like, don't come and settle. No, please don't. (laughs) Um, Especially if you're from Brooklyn or anywhere else. Yeah, and gentrify. (laughs) But, like, a really hot spot that I was thinking when you were talking about that was, um, the Bronx Ale House. Yeah. Uh, I think it shows excellent like really good quality yes their mac and cheese yeah (laughs) yeah okay so don just go go and get their mac and cheese that's it (laughs) just go for the mac and cheese (laughs) um yeah that's a place we want to highlight um i especially when i was really getting into like brewery stuff and like craft beer because that's a really suburban thing to do (laughs) um seeing bronx like be you know on that list i was like what really Mm -hmm. um but yeah the bronx is out here we have a brewery guys if y'all didn't know um and there's also the bronx ale house so that's one of our highlights is to go check that out um if you're ever in the neighborhood um don't be afraid to come it is totally worth it yeah the drinks are good trust me i I rate places. I have, like, my own rating system. Mm-hmm. But basically, drinks is a main component of it, okay? <laughs> Just FYI. And the drinks here are good, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I've only... I mean, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of draft beer or anything like mm-hmm. that. So I mostly go for, like, the cocktails and... I've enjoyed a lot of them. Okay, so cocktails and beer. There's something there for everyone, <laughs> There guys. is. And the mac and cheese. Let's not forget that mac and cheese, okay? <laughs> I am obsessed with it. I would, um, my personal favorite, I am a huge French fry person. Ah, yes. So they have this Parmesan garlic fr- French fries, which are huge. Like, they give a really they good do. serving of it, which you can share with two people, but mm-hmm. I don't. 
Um, I normally go by myself, so I don't have to share French fries with people. <laughs> um, that I, if you're looking for my pick, is that. So, mac and cheese and french fries. Okay, yes. Mac and cheese, <laughs> french fries, cocktails, and beers. Damn. Everything. everything. It has everything. <laughs> and it's um, it's a conveniently located um, spot. It's close to the train. It's close to Very. some buses. Mm-hmm. So, there's no excuse as to, like, why you wouldn't go. Right. And just definitely check it out, you guys. If you're in New York, if you're ever in the Bronx, if you live in the Bronx, just visit that place. Show them some love. Yeah, because they're awesome. And now for our last segment, Vete al Carajo. Vete al Carajo. Yeah. Am I getting, I'm like, so I'm going to get like Spanish lessons, less, sorry, Spanish <laughs> lessons, like along the real way. time, yeah. along the way. So bear with me, guys. Okay, so for this segment, I think um, this really ties into like the main topic of the show for today. Mm-hmm. And it's just, people in media specifically Mm -hmm. one pendejo i would say yeah one real jackass yeah Um, i know this happened like towards the tail end of 2017 but whatever has come through it um the repercussions are still so so real and the magnitude of what happened um i think is still something that we should not say oh that happened last year and leave it in that year because there's just like a lot of um noise that's still continuing to happen and it's um harvey weinstein can go on a one-way trip to hell hell. and just like yeah and all those (laughs) who who um succeeded after him and women the women who came out who are just like yep that's a scumbag yep he's a shithead y'all Thank you. Yes. Uh huh. And the like the people who actually should vete al carajo. That this is for you. Yeah. This is for you, because um, as we're sitting here talking about representation in media, um, one of the gatekeepers in media was Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. and like a lot of these powerful men. Men. Um. Sometimes it's for the most part actually not even sometimes for the most part it's white men and you know what this downfall of harvey weinstein is like amazing opportunity for women women of color and people who have like narratives that we were talking about to you know step up and step forward yeah take the white man out (laughs) no for real and it's because it's very upsetting because these are white men that had a high position and took advantage of the power that they had to harm others Mm -hmm. and i understand that um you know when you come to a high position like that you should try to help others you know and kind of like lead the way Mm -hmm. but instead what they did was just use it to kind of like get their fucking way Mm -hmm. and just take advantage of like if you don't do this i'm not gonna give you this role or Mm -hmm. you're not gonna win this award and it's so fucking shitty because you don't want to put people in that position and just take advantage of you know like how famous you are and that's that's just not what fame is for. Like, mm-hmm. use it to do good, not the complete opposite. Yep. 
And that is why you, Harvey Weinstein, and all your little cohorts and, like, people out there who think that, you know, Hollywood is a casting couch, vete al carajo. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) That is all we have to say. (laughs) Um, And that is our show, folks. Wrapping Um, it up. Yeah. So uh, if you stayed until the end, we thank you once again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Thank you as always. And if you have any topics that you would like to hear us discuss, anything in the Bronx you want us to really highlight, um, just hit us up on the social means. You know where to find us. And... um, Remember to rate and, and comment, comment <laughs> subscribe, subscribe, and then leave constructive criticism. Yes, <laughs> because if you say this show sucks, then it's like, okay, but what sucked about it? Exactly. You know, please let us know. Just don't leave that rude ass comment. Because <laughs> we know who's going to come for you. We already <laughs> hear it. <laughs> exactly. Give me details, please. Uh-huh. Okay. But hope to, oh no, wait, I was going to say see you guys on the next show, but no. They can't see us. You can't see us. She's a YouTuber, guys. She has uh, to shake out of that. Okay. We will catch you on the next episode. Next episode. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Adios.